Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. And a fine 2021 to the two of you. <laughs> oh, we made it. So, I was told that we made it because I had fireworks on my watch. That is a sign that we made it overnight. What'd you guys do? What'd you watch? Uh, what were your New Year's movies? 
We watched Tenet. My wife hadn't seen it. It's one of my daughter's favorite films. That and Inception, she says, are her two favorite films. Oh, and uh, wow. so we watched Tenet again, and uh, you know, it was a fun rewatch. I really enjoy the story. It's not as solid as some of other Nolan films, but it's a really interestingly constructed world, and I'm very intrigued by it. You, it did, seems you didn't like clearly you didn't watch it for sequels. <laughs> clearly i do be much more enthusiastic I, about it. <laughs> right is that what it takes yeah yeah no, of course um, so funny but no it's a good one we did all right what'd yeah, you do we, steve go no you, go you go first no, uh, we, no, we we played the uh the blockbuster movie trivia i would game. like to tell you for the record based on your recommendations so did we Nice. Oh, right. Yes, we had <laughs> a blast and i have to tell you and i'm gonna out my wife here because this was the most i think it was the most fun quote for a movie that my wife did not get and it has become a legendary thing for us my daughter says to her because they've never seen believe it or not this movie she said my daughter looks at my wife and says my that firearm is on the utmost shelf <laughs> Yes. Upper rifle? Upper rifle. <laughs> and I, so the jokes. Oh my gosh, if only they could have sent Tom Cruise to the naval training facility at Upper Rifle. <laughs> we all we just were hoping that Top Gun Part oh. 2 would be Upper Rifle 2. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic upper right so that, what a great game that was a blast it's a very yes. fun yeah game. i'm glad and you were totally yes. right you don't need to be a movie nerd to play this game and enjoy it exactly no. yeah it, it does get frustrating though when you you know a movie and the person you're trying to give the clues to you know they have not seen this movie at all and you have to either act it out or it's one word and you're like i how do i get my daughter to say 28 days later when she's yeah. not seen it i'm like even if i say zombies that nope, no that's not gonna do it uh, uh, fast running zombies no i can't act that out so I, it's it's very it's, there's a lot of strategy involved more than i expected from a what, what seems like a little you know toss-off game of movie trivia there's collecting because we got the expansion yeah yeah as well yeah, we which has six six new six other genres nice. so we're trying to collect all we put everything all together trying to get all 12 genres we made it quite oh quite that's a massive that's a feat yeah I, i'm yeah. just struggling yeah. because i was told i was play i was doing i was acting out sully and Mo to get monsters inc and i was told of course we couldn't get it dad you were too scary ah uh, <laughs> all right he's a scary monster except for boo but yes. he's pretty scary. Yes. All right. Yes. All right. I think You're you no did help. a good Sully. Clearly. Can I call you Sully now? <laughs> I'll take it. See, when you said you were acting out Sully, I thought you were talking about the Tom Hanks film that you were acting out. I'm like, <laughs> he's just flying around the room. I don't that would know. have been a real win, though, if your family said <laughs> Sully. Sully. <laughs> or, or whatever. <laughs> uh awesome well well i'll tell you we watched uh we had uh we watched super intelligence first ben falcone mm. melissa mccarthy you didn't see my review of that then huh? i did and i wanted to believe it just you know Don't. what it was it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a terrible film it just didn't look like anybody was having any fun it was it, it was just not like i feel like melissa mccarthy has set up a brand 
And I kind of have an expectation if it's a Melissa McCarthy comedy, it's going to have a, a certain element of fun. Kind of Alley was great. I really enjoyed seeing him in, as a kind of a doofusy rom-com love interest. But the rest of the movie, I was so disappointed, which is why I am thrilled to say that Wolf Walkers, if you're into animated films and just great, great movies, I, yeah, I don't even know how else character. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful experience. Uh, Wolf Walkers is just it's a a delightful story uh, about young people and nature and parenting and um, the animation is uh, it it is super opinionated. I've never seen anything quite like it. Uh, it's available. You on haven't Apple seen TV the Plus. other cartoon saloon movies? Not really. No, I haven't seen any of them. But uh, this one <laughs> the is the Secret of Kells and Song of the Sea. Yes. Oh, uh, Song of the Sea. Yeah. I did see. I did and, see. And uh, the Breadwinner okay. also, which was an Oscar nominated animated. Oh, that so I did they've not done see. But really, Wolf, it is. I'm. Yeah. I'm. I, I was just really impressed with the story and how they, um, how they were able to deliver on. So it was redemptive for our evenings, New Year's Eve movie experience nice. check out wolf walkers it's really great it falls <laughs> okay. a little bit wolf apart walkers. it becomes okay. it, it's one of those that's you'll get it and the degree i think to which you get the story early is the degree to which you will kind of fall in love with it but it's just a meditation okay. of animation i mean it's just beautiful makes me yeah. want to watch all of those movies again i had totally forgotten yeah they're they have quite a run okay. their animation style uh it's it's a fantastic return to that 2d animation and it's just stunning to look at i mean all of their films are just i mean it's just a visual feast really beautiful stuff truly so i can't wait we it's been on our radar since it came out we just haven't had a moment to do it so well and soon that that lord eddard stark uh is (laughs) father (laughs) in wolf walkers gives me no end of joy (laughs) But does he die? <laughs> Why would you see, Andy? I wanted, I wanted to tell you. I know. I, know. Oh. I just assume he does because that's that's, <laughs> right. that's what he does. does. And then if he doesn't, then it'll be a that's real surprise. News. Yeah. Um, Netflix is doing well, I guess, with uh, their Midnight Sky movie. Have you guys watched it Seems... yet? First of all, can we say that? Yes. I... I have not I seen, have it, not seen it. it. My wife and I watched it as one of our anniversary movies. Uh, actually, and you no, were we watched it. Sorry, we watched see. it with my daughter the day before our anniversary, and it was it was actually it was a it was a fine story. It was just, um, I guess I'd say, somewhat predictable and very. It felt very leisurely paced, and it also felt like everyone was just really kind all the time. Not that that's a bad thing, <laughs> but it was just it was weird, yeah. like. You know, it was just, everyone was just, I, I understand. I understand. Like, they were just so accepting of things. And it seemed weird <laughs> to me. Um, there are certain points where I question some of those decisions. Because I'm like, it seems, I, I don't want to spoil it because it's toward the end. But there are some decisions that some characters make. And I'm like, is that going to make all these other parts that have to work work? Like, because, I, I don't know. It just, it, it, but there, everyone was like, it's okay do your thing i'm like hmm okay but you know it was it was okay it was an okay film <laughs> so there wasn't enough conflict for you because everybody was like well okay yeah we'll go along with that that sounds funny. yeah i mean there's there's conflict i mean there's definitely conflict it's okay. it's you know i mean okay. some of the space stuff when they're dealing with their um i mean it's it's kind of told in two parts you've got Clooney 
on Earth uh, up at the North Pole mm-hmm. trying to send a message to space to this last spaceship that's up there, who which is on its way back to Earth, thinking that Earth is a safe place still without knowing that it's basically been destroyed. And um, and so you've got the, the whole story of the people on the spaceship, too. And there's some really, I mean, there's some thrilling scenes of the stuff going on on the spaceship, like when they're um, going through a meteor shower, things like that. So it's uh, it has its moments. I didn't know the Earth was destroyed. Andy, moments. thanks for spoiling that. <laughs> That's what I'm here for, Pete. I thought we made it to 2021. <laughs> Uh, I've I've heard uh, well, mixed reviews. I think yours is a fair mixed review. I've heard it's kind of it's it's uh, kind of a snooze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. But yeah. Netflix, it, but you know, it's yeah. Netflix is bragging about it of it being like in their like top ten streaming things. You know, in like hundreds of countries, it's they've, they're estimating like seventy two million families have have streamed this, and it seems like. It, that seems to be the shift since we don't have box office anymore that, you know, people, I think Netflix, I don't know when they started doing it, but Netflix has that category of like top 10 in your region. And it seems like that's their way of putting in front of people, you know, to how to filter mm-hmm. through the things. It's like, oh, well, look, you know, check out the Queen's Gambit. It's in the top 10, all of those things. And I think that may be the the trend. I'll be interested to see if other services start picking up on that to to sort of highlight or emphasize something not just based on interest, but based on sort of the herd mentality of like, hey, everybody else is watching this. You should check out this new series we're putting out or this new film that you've never heard of before to try to to filter through. I know they've been doing this. it at least since Tiger King, because I remember that was yes. always yes. I'm like, I do not yes. want to watch this. Why is it still <laughs> no. showing up in this top 10 list of, that I have now? So. Because everybody else wants to watch trash TV, exactly, so yes, exactly. Yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, metric to track, and unfortunately, yeah. it's not an outside service tracking it. And I think that's no. that's the the difficulty I think that a lot of people have with it: the fact that Netflix is keeping all of this information confidential, and it's like, okay, yeah, it's in it's it's in the top ten in my region, but you know, but what does that really mean? Like, how many people are actually right. watching it? And it it played in. Uh, I mean, they said seventy two million households watching in the first four weeks. I mean, how many people is that? It's you know, it's tricky. It's going to always be tricky with these metrics until, um, you know, there's a way to get some sort of like a Nielsen in there that's actually helping track yeah. what's going on with all these streaming services it's it's a right yeah. and, and how how do they track that is it 72 million people started watching it yeah or 72 million people watched it to completion because i i there are plenty of times on netflix i'll start watching something i'll get about 10 minutes in and go ah, this isn't for me or i'm not in the mood for this i'll come back to it sometime else does that count you know it's one of those metrics that you know is is hidden and how do they count that because with a ticket it doesn't matter if you watch the movie or walk out they've got your dollars because you bought a ticket you know for a movie so they can say we made this amount of money but with streaming they've already got my money so yeah they can choose to pick i guess it's up to them to decide how they want to count engagement it's actually 72 million people per stolen netflix password there's only one. Oh, We're all okay. using the same yes. one. Don't worry about yes. it. It's your dad. Uh, that would be a great metric. Is actually views per password. 
<laughs> per account, yes. That would be interesting. Jeez. Why has this person watched this thing like eight times right. on the same day? In six different states. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, that maybe it's streams per IP That's address. exactly right. Go. Streams per IP. Yes. SPIP. <gasps> All right. Oh, okay. I had, you know, so, I had seen a similar story though, because Queen's Gambit yeah. also had uh, it's it still is in the top ten on my list, and I had seen yeah. that before this story that you posted about Netflix mm-hmm. and the Midnight Sky. But I had seen yeah. how that was like tracking as as this huge thing because it had been in the top ten for such a uh, since it was released essentially, and so. Yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens with this. Yeah. If other streaming services start doing it, because I don't think any of them are. What is it? So is it different? The, so yeah. what is yours right now? Top 10 in the U.S. today. Is it different for each of us? I don't pay attention to this <sighs> thing at all. It, it, I, I don't know. That's one of the things. And it says your region. I don't know if they've broken the United States into top 10 regions. Where is it? There it is. Let's see. Number one, Cobra Kai. Me too. Number hold, two. Hold on. Oh, sorry. You're looking, Steve. Oh, no. Well, I don't. Uh, okay. Yeah. Cobra Number Kai, two, Bridgerton. Yeah. Oh, so sexy. Yep. I've never watched Number it. Number three, um, the Sabrina. Uh, Sabrina. The Chilling Adventures uh, of Sabrina. Mm-hmm. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Number four, Death okay. to 2020. Mm-hmm. Number five. Which is hilarious. You guys need to check that out if you have not watched it. Okay. I, at least watch I the, saw the trailer. <laughs> at least watch the trailer. Yeah. So you saw the trailer. So at the, the final moment of the trailer, I, I lost it. Yeah, I saw the trailer and said, man. Eh, don't need to watch that <laughs> because the, the it's there there it's it's on netflix and pete well you you watch it i think okay. you'll appreciate the final don't worry i'll get it trailer. steve yeah that's right <laughs> okay uh, yes. number five robert rodriguez's new movie we can be heroes yes yes number six midnight, midnight sky, sky. Mm-hmm. number seven liam neeson's unknown okay mm-hmm. yes uh, number eight is not for you pete uh, no, it is unknown for me. I was looking oh, for okay. a s- set of skills joke. I couldn't have it, so I oh, kind of went to Vader yeah. yeah. It was great. Gotcha. Number eight, 17 again. Yep. Number nine, Queen's Gambit. Yep. And number 10, Coco Melon. Yeah. Why is 17 again like number eight? Isn't that like, isn't that the like Zach Efron body switching thing yeah. from like 2000? Uh, Matthew Perry. Something? Yeah. Why is that in the top 10? I don't, I can't imagine there's that much demand for that movie. That it's things like that, that I think I don't, I mean, Cobra Kai makes sense. You know, some things that are new to streaming, people are checking them out. Maybe there's been a big fan base just dying to see 17 again on streaming. And it's been absent from streaming. That's surfaces uh, that for could be, decades? I don't you know, know. If, if people like my daughter catch something like that and then end up watching it and then tweeting to her friends or whatever, or not tweeting, but <laughs> also what you don't know is she has 72 million friends That's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay so it is uh, it, it looks like at least between uh between us here in portland and phoenix <laughs> yeah. at least, but i mean but, the West but that Coast, does say yeah. top 10 in the yes. u.s today yeah. i don't see anywhere yeah. where it says top in your region so i don't either um yeah i don't know interesting hmm yeah, I'm very curious um, how this reads in other countries. You know, I'd love to know what's the top in uh, some of these other places that uh, I... Well, you just have to go on and, like, spoof an international IP address to find out. So that can be your, your homework for this weekend, Andy, is to go and... I will. 
And fi- find out internationally what the top 10 are in I'm each country. Every country <laughs> that has Netflix, I'm going to find the top 10. Netflix. Just you wait. <laughs> That's that should be a Saturday. That's that's it. That's got to be a Saturday mat sequence. Now we just build that into the program of weekly update on what's the top ten in each country. It's gonna be that great. Is in. And the top ten in Burkina Faso. <laughs> Welcome to because Netflix I, I Madagascar. Be... <laughs> hey, we've got an international audience. I think Nick Langdon needs to know what's top in you know in Australia, and we've got our other European that's listeners right. out there that may want to know. Or, or could tell us, perhaps. That's right. Maybe they can they report can tell out us. in Discord. Netflix has yes. become, for me, the pretty much just a single focus delivery mechanism for a great British baking show. Like, it's all we watch anymore. <laughs> yes. Oh, Martha. That's so funny. Oh, such yeah. a loss. <laughs> uh, I think we're okay, Pete. Uh, I think we're okay. Yeah. What is? Are we serious about Lethal Weapon 5? Is that really a thing? That's uh, what Richard Donner, who is 90, says. <laughs> he is doing the. He's 90, which 90. should have been in and the headline. <laughs> Richard Donner, who is 90, <laughs> confirms he will direct Lethal Weapon 5. <laughs> I just didn't realize he was 90. His last film was, uh, what, 16 Blocks back in 2006 <laughs> or something like that? That was actually pretty he's, decent. He too. decided. He's he's coming back, and they're bringing back Danny Glover and Mel Gibson for the final chapter uh, in the Le- Lethal Weapon franchise. Which the last one, Lethal Weapon Four, was like nineteen ninety something, ninety eight maybe. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Ninety. Yeah. Probably ninety eight. Yeah. That, that was that was the which I the only <laughs> thing I remember Lee, is that's right? the one with Je- with Jet Li. That's yeah. all I remember about that one. Yes. That's pretty much all I remember too. Except I feel by like that I point, want a... I just the franchise I felt was already oh, past yeah. its prime. Oh, it was... <laughs> what a script that just changes the article so every mention of Richard Donner adds the comma separated phrase <laughs> who is 90 <laughs> who is 90 <laughs> <laughs> even the first sentence even at 90 Richard Donner who is 90 is not too old for this. <laughs> Is that a plugin that we can build for your browser so that anytime Richard Donner's name is mentioned, that it just puts in? It's just his age. Just who is 91 is still planning on. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, Oh, I need that. Yes, we'll see if they bring back Joe Pesci and it's going to be the Lethal Weapon plugin. Danny Glover, who is too old for this. All right, our coder listeners out there, get cracking on that plugin. We'll put it in our Chrome browsers. It'll make our lives that much more. Created by Shane Black, who did make that last Predator movie. How <laughs> can we do this? This is so. What's it going to say for Mel Gibson? That's what I'm curious about. Uh, Mel Gibson, who still says he's not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, I need that so badly. So, All right, go ahead. So what did you think of uh, Shadow in the Clouds? You guys, Pete, would, that, uh, did you would that actually be better if Richard Donner, who is 90? Richard Donner, it? who is 90, <laughs> says Shadow in the Clouds is what he's really targeting for Lethal Weapon 5. <laughs> I was just disappointed because I'd heard that this movie was was coming. I heard nothing about it. And then I, I watched the trailer. Or I saw the trailer came up and I thought, oh, that's totally going to be my trailer pick this week. Right. And then I watched then I watched the trailer. 
this was before I watched yeah. the trailer. And I yeah. immediately thought, oh, this isn't going to be my trailer pick this week. But we have to talk about it <laughs> no. because I I don't know. You know how they, they use the from the creators of, of Atomic Blonde and Deadpool 2, both movies I liked quite a bit. And uh, and that, but it, those two things, it's a high jump, low ceiling kind of experience. And it, it really the the trailer did not look great. I. I felt like I, I just am not sure what they're going for with this thing. And then I and I thought, maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe this is this is on me. Uh, and so I checked IMDb and it's a four point four. That's not yeah, that's not even so bad. It's good in the strike zone. It could be of the IMDb. But it could be it could be so bad. It's, it's good. It's it, it, it. Yes, it could be depending on what you want, because I I just watched the beginning part of the trailer. and I thought, oh, my gosh, this feels like. And I don't know what it is about it, but it there have been plenty of movies adapted from young adult novels, but this really feels like young adult novel movie that is like so owning that zone really hardly. Whereas most of them were like, oh, we got to broaden this for like a wider audience. This seems like it's targeted at such a yeah. specific audience because there's something in the tone, the style, just everything about this screams like adolescent, early teenage <laughs> audience. Yeah something where because it does seem silly but i'm like but there are so many concepts that are silly that that people buy into but this one seems to have really embraced the silliness well, of it I yeah i just feel like a really i mean these are the the hero clips you're shooting for for the trailer like the script yeah from the yeah. trailer sounds obtuse like i can't i don't know that right i don't know that i can watch chloe grace moretz say the things that she says in the trailer <laughs> if this is the best of of what we get from chloe grace moretz then then yeah uh then i'm i'm sorry for that so it, it just it was disappointing i want to see like all of the trailers <laughs> like what is which ones most uh egregiously use uh, from the producers of or from the creators of yeah. the worst like yeah. you know which which ends up being the yeah. most offensive when they actually <laughs> include that <laughs> I, I feel like i'd have to go look at a lot of trailers for bad movies to see yeah. oh wow yeah. okay from the producers of um right. i yeah it, it didn't look great i did finish though speaking of ya uh transitions shadow and bone is a show on is it where is it amazon hulu it's a anyway it was a lee bardugo uh series and uh, i haven't i haven't read it or seen it or anything but um i've i've heard good things from the ya crowd who who like that like oh. her work i just read um uh ninth house lee bardugo which uh i it was it's a story of um you know what really happened what quote really happens in those uh social houses uh at yale uh like skull and bones and wolf's mm. head and and you know the, that have been around for 150 years and are um you know uh, behind the doors with the robes and the wrought iron and they have mausoleums on campus at yale and uh i i'm looking at it and i'm thinking this is this is such you know, ridiculous, gruesome fantasy. And I had a great time with the book. I really did. I mean, it's a, it's, it, it was fun. And then at the end, I'm listening to an interview with her that's at the end of the audiobook, and she outs that she was actually a member of the Wolf's Head, uh, which is at Yale when she was a student at Yale. And, mm -hmm. um, and immediately I got more interested in it because as she's talking about it, it is like the line between fantasy 
like in my head and reality is very thin. Uh, they it is a, a state of sort of ridiculousness that doesn't take very much to yeah. get me over the edge. And thrilled even more to hear that two days after the book was released last October, Amazon uh, picked it up, and so they're gonna. It's going to be a series oh. um, uh, that is coming out. You know, pandemic, so it's coming out probably late 2021. But I'm very excited uh, about it. It's a. It seems like a really fascinating property, and and it is not a wide YA property. This was her big transition from YA into adult uh, horror, paranormal horror, gruesomeness. Uh, so it looks good. Hmm. Interesting. I, have you yeah, read I... any Lee Bardugo books, either of you? Shadow no. of the Bone, Ring Any Bells? No? Uh-uh. Nothing? All right. No. 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 I'm good for nothing. I'm looking for interesting no, but... properties to, to watch, like with my daughter, mm-hmm. though. So. Yeah, oh, I'm trying yeah. to find some stuff. I keep trying to convince her that we should watch his dark materials, but she keeps so good to push me away from it. She just it doesn't seem interested. Ugh, that's that's my. If we tricky. weren't recording right now, we would be watching. We get up, my daughter and I get up at six in the morning and watch uh, an episode on Saturday mornings and watch an episode or two of his dark materials. So it's great. Nice. Mm. Well, maybe I can use that to convince her. You should. We'll and she's she's very stuck right now. <laughs> no. Like she picks a show and then she's just like doesn't want to leave that world like right now she discovered right. the 100 and she's just plowing oh, yeah. through that yes. show yeah so, i'm yeah. doing clone wars because of you i'm back Yay. in clone wars great yeah and i love it so much yeah and they just, just wait they're in the i'm in season six now and they're doing the gooey chip in the brain oh my goodness and I, so, my wife walks through she says this is not a kid's cartoon is it <laughs> it really it really shifts over those seven it seasons it really does. does yeah absolutely so uh, have you met the bad batch yet i can't remember when they came in um i i, I can't remember if they're season six or it's i think it's the season, season premiere of season seven yeah yeah which is great because so now that, we get that, a whole show about the bad batch yeah right yeah right exactly right. it'll be fun to see all right good talk cool um, have either of you seen what like this thing that Pedro Almodovar is doing or with his short film, The Human Voice? No. The trailer for that came out, which again it's just a short film, so it's you know, the trailer's short too. It's a minute and a half instead of two and a half minutes. <laughs> but it's interesting because it's his first project in English, and I remember seeing on set photos of this because they were filming this during COVID. They had mm-hmm. they all were wearing their masks and everything to keep uh keep safe. Well, that's what I was wondering from the trailer, because I, as I was looking for my trailer for this week, I came across this one. And is it just knowing that it's a short? I mean, is it just Tilda Swinton? Because I could see, you know, shooting with like minimal crew and a, just a single cast member and, and a dog, apparently uh, being able to pull something off like that, because it, I don't see anybody else. So I don't know if there is I didn't dig into you know, IMDb to see if there is other cast members, but it seems like the perfect thing to do during COVID is grab a really talented actor and shoot a short film. It sounds like it is. I mean, when you look at Wikipedia, the cast list is only Tilda Swinton. And the story is a woman watches time passing next to the suitcases of her ex-lover who is supposed to come pick them up but never arrives. And a restless dog who doesn't understand that his master has abandoned him. Two living beings facing abandonment. Shot in real time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> after 30 minutes she's like i'm yeah, done uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm, leaving. <laughs> I'm done leave. waiting 
Just throws his luggage yeah, out. He's got to go watch Shadow yeah. in the Clouds. It, it really makes me curious, though, that filmmakers yeah. like Almodovar make short films like this because what is the, you know, what's the yeah. end game for it? I mean, are they hoping to make money for this or is it just kind of a project to do on the side and then it gets released as like a bonus on some criterion thing or like where, you know, I, I, I mean, short films are great. I love short films, but oftentimes yeah. they seem like, you know, kind of a, a kind of a, a, an example of what you can do as a filmmaker so that you can get bigger projects. Well, you have, you know, it's, I think it's easier to, for a streaming service to pick something up like this because nobody's going to go, Hey, you know, ticket price to go watch a short film. Yeah. You know, right. It's just, you know, there's that. There have been, there was a documentary that somebody recommended about uh, Rubik's Cubers. Yes. Yep. And it's only like 40, 40 something yep. minutes long. And I thought, you know, I'm so glad it was on Netflix because it was amazing. I don't know where else I would have, you know, gone to see sure. this, but seeing something like that on Netflix. So a short film that's, you know, to me, that's something where Netflix, Amazon, you could pick something up like that and you promote it. It's got recognizable faces, recognizable names that could draw an audience to it. And I think that makes it more uh, appealing um, as, as a revenue. You know, Netflix wants to pull in some people or they have something that, that's unique. This is one of those opportunities because, yeah, I don't think people are going to go out and like buy this digitally or you know if it gets bundled in with something it's going to get lost right you know, right it's, you're counting on that people to get you know oh yeah criterion's going to bundle it in with a collection of his films well you know those are people that would have sought that out anyway to get to a wider audience to me seems like that's what streaming services can do with something unique like this yeah i think that's actually a really good point i know disney yeah. does that with all of their shorts now um in fact oh, with yeah. soul with yeah. the release of soul um, I, I remember seeing that, you know, cause often they were releasing a new Pixar short at the start of each of their right. movies. And yeah. I saw that yeah. the short had been released separately on Disney plus and totally forgot to watch it. I still haven't. So I need which, to check that. Which one is it? It's something about a rabbit or something that I, I can't remember. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, we watched that because it was, what was interesting is it wasn't. It did. It looked more like hand. Yeah. It, the style looked more hand drawn, like two D animation. Yeah, no, it's yeah by the rabbit digging digging yes. his hole or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah. So I need to check that out. But I, it's it's nice that they're actually just promoting stuff like that as other content. Yeah. It doesn't even have to specify. Right. And so, yeah, I think that's actually a very good point that this does make for good content to easily just lump in on another streaming service somewhere. The new Pedro Almodovar film, you know. Is that it? You want to talk about your stats? No. So I wanted to talk about um, the next Reels 2020 oh, stats. Do go. Oh, yeah. okay. I know. And now that uh, that uh, accursed year is over, I thought, you know, it, it'd be fun to kind of look back <laughs> and see what we've, uh, what we've discussed over the course of the year. Uh, you know, having uh, basically talked about a movie every single week, except for the, the two weeks in the middle of July. Um, plus the film boards and trailer rewinds and everything else that have been released. But uh, this is just specific to the next real show, the top ranked movie, according to us, as we did on flick chart, which of course could change here in a minute when we do some re-rankings, <laughs> but the number one film that we ranked in 2020, uh, let's see, um, the series, I don't know if I can remember all the series. I know there were 12 of them. Um, actually here, I have it right here. We did Colin Higgins, 
We did a couple of guilty pleasures. We did French crime films, Spike Lee, Jean Le Carre, Agnieszka Holland, Francis Weber and his remakes, Cary Grant, the Friday franchise, foreign language best picture nominees, Aquatic Killers, and the Underworld franchise. Can you guess? Snow uh, Celine was number one. Snow, Snow Celine, Celine number Blood one. Wars. I'll tell you right now, the Friday franchise and the Underworld franchise did not end up in the top twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Every other series has at least one film that oh. makes it in the top 20. Wow. Um, based on that, do you have any idea, like, what would be in our top 10? Can you pick any film or any, uh, yeah, any particular film that would definitely be in the top 10? Um, do you want me to just read them off? Or do you uh, yeah, I don't, guess? I don't yeah. remember okay. them. Oh, no. yeah. Okay, number one, Charade. Charade shot way oh, up. Wow. Okay. I think it's number two on our chart now. Uh, number two, Parasite. Ugh. Number three, North by okay. Northwest. Yeah. Number four, Black Klansman. Number five, Harold and Maude. Number six, Nine to Five. Number seven, The Spy Who Came In from the Cold. Number eight, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. Number nine, Roma. Number ten, Le True. Oh, wow. And all great. If we continue... All, all yeah. great, wow. right. If we continue 11 <laughs> through 20, it's Do the Right Thing, Crawl, Europa Europa, Rififi, Le Samurai, Hudson Hawk, The Dinner Game, Grand Illusion, Bamboozled, Arsenic, and Old Lace. Okay. So, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of good stuff we ended up talking about over the course of the year. And we added some to original, to earlier series, right? We did. Like we, we added the original science fiction. Equilibrium uh, added on to our original science fiction series for a member bonus, and Gone Girl added on to our uh, David Fincher series as a member bonus. Hmm. And um, oh, what am I? I'm forgetting. There was another one that we added on to a member bonus. What was our other member bonus? Are I don't know. Did we only have the two this year? I can't remember. Well, Ivanhoe just came out, but that was 2021. That's right. That's technically 2021. So of the stars that we talked about uh, over the course of the year, one star ended up in five films that we talked about. <laughs> Can you guess who that would be? Uh, is it is it going to be Snow Celine? It is. It's Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> oh. Even though she's technically not in that third movie. I know. She, she is. She does jump off she, the, the thing again. It. Right behind her, we have two people in four films. Ice Cube was in four films, the three Friday films and Anaconda. And and the other's got to be, it's got to be, what's his name? Funky Accent Boy uh, with uh, Underworld. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> Would that be Bill, uh, Bill Nye? Nye? Yeah. <laughs> Bill Nye. <laughs> Bill Nye, right. He was in four of those. And then we have Charles Dance. In, uh, we have a lot of people in three films. Uh, Charles Dance, John Witherspoon, Michael Sheen, Mike Epps. Cary Grant, Shane Brawley, uh, Richard Citrone, Brian Steele. Those are all in three films. So, um, yeah, I mean, an interesting swath of uh, actors to pop up in our movies. And, and um, yeah, what else is interesting? I think that might be it. But we had a good spread of actually, uh, because of the foreign language um, Best Picture nominees, we actually had a, a good spread of movies around the, the globe, too. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Your um what's your take on uh, your favorites uh favorite series of 2020? Anything that stands out to you as something oh that was, you know, 
that was perfect or that was horribly irredeemably bad? <laughs> well, I think we should ask Steve first. I don't know if he's uh, managed to make it through all of them, but um, mm, were there any no. series that we did over the course of the, the year that really stuck out for you as one that you're like, oh, I really want to catch up on that one? Oh, no, it was I, I really got into your um, the French crime films. Yeah. That I really, you know, those were films that I had not seen. And I really enjoyed them. Um, that was something that, you know, I spent some of 2020 trying to fill in, you know, sort of empty spots in past decades. What are some of my blind spots? And this was one that uh, I really, really in, enjoyed watching those. Um, the Francis Weber, it's interesting because I... Yeah, that, that's challenging. I mean, it was interesting <laughs> to see the comparison between the between the two of when you translate something, um, not only the language but just sort of the culture and and the norms of a culture that that shift and how things sometimes a story gets reconstructed for a different audience in a different culture was uh, interesting to see. I think in in that series. What about you, Pete? Well, I, you know, I, I think I was, I'm with Steve. I love the, the uh, French crime films. I've been uh, super excited to go back and, and just digest every Jean Le Carre thing that I can find. Um, of course, the, the curse of somebody passing like him uh, just, just yeah. uh, kind of rekindles that inspiration. Oh, and now the I Russia know house. what <laughs> the Russia house, that was it. You're right. You're uh, right. Uh, anyway, it, it's one of those that, um, uh, th- that I just, I, you know, now I'm I'm inspired and I know that I can catch up uh, because he'll stop yeah. writing. <laughs> um, Agnieszka Holland uh, was uh, another one that I was super interested in. And uh, I, I think we we came up with some just fascinating visual um, uh, examples. And I and I want more Spike Lee. Um, yeah, you right. know, I, I think we've, we've yeah. got some great, great Spike Lee films on the list. And um, and uh so I'd, I'd love to go back to that well. And there's always room for more guilty pleasures, Andy, as you know. <laughs> I thought you'd be thr- thrilled that Hudson Hawk ended up in the top I 20. I am. I am. Yeah. just blown away. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, I love the French crime uh, film series, and I really hope we return yeah. to that because I thought that was um, a lot of fun. Spike Lee also. You know, from, and Francis Weber actually was a great kind of rediscovery for me, and it actually makes me want to go back. I started going back and watching some of his other stuff, like I watched the original The Toy that he did, and now I need to find the Richard uh, Pryor one, but um, I really enjoyed it. So I'm curious to kind of look at some of these other ones that he's done. I think for me, though, the one that I found most um, interesting, and perhaps I just took it to such an extreme level, but it was the uh, foreign pictures nominated for best uh, mm. um, for best picture because I watched all the other films they were nominated against, the other mm-hmm. foreign films, the other best pictures, just to really mm. kind of um, get a sense of things. And it gave me a really interesting perspective of kind of you know what the oscars and the voters were saying were kind of the best in those categories for any particular year so um so i just found that to be a really interesting kind of um, experience to dig that deep into that particular series um what was your personal top rated film of 2020 i don't know yeah, Steve, do you have memory? Uh, specifically of talking 2020 films, like movies that actually films, came out they, in 2020? Uh, no, I, I guess we could say new to you. As it happens, mine was um, actually released in 2020. 
I'd have to go. I just happened to click on my own and, and it comes it comes back. You know, you look at it and you think, OK, did did I really mean that when I said it? And, and for me, absolutely. Palm Springs uh, was such an amazing oh. film for me. It hit me right <laughs> in, in just all the right places. So um, uh, I really loved it. Um, uh, but I'm also one of those who's notoriously tardy on getting my getting my goodies into Letterboxd. I also don't do this thing where, yeah, uh, yes, you know, you where I, I am dutiful about watching movies again and marking them again, logging them again in Letterboxd. I need oh, to be better about yeah, that because yeah. in the milestones, it says that the first film that I watched, um, oh, uh, this is Rendezvous, 1976 Rendezvous. I watched it on January 3rd. And the last film that I watched, which is not true, listed right now as Wonder Woman 84. And the most watched was Do the Right Thing, which apparently I watched twice in um, 2020, but I don't think that's true. I think there are other movies that I've actually watched a number of times, and I, I need to be better about that. Yeah, it's it's kind of tricky yeah. to uh, to gauge that if you're not being as uh, yeah as, uh, yeah up on all that. But um, um, yeah, I mean, I think over the course of the year, I watched 460 films, mm -hmm. and that includes some shorts and stuff. So. Um, but uh, it was a lot of good watching. 460 films. Yeah. yeah. It was a busy year. 400. It was a 2020 COVID quarantine right. kind of year. It really was. <laughs> it really, really was. Steve, how's your letterbox? Is it is, is it in, in fair shape? It, it's spotty. Yeah. It's getting better. Yeah, I, I'm the same with you. I, I log things that I'm watching for the first time, but going back, something that I've rewatched, uh, sometimes I don't always think about uh, getting in there, but I, you know, I had some good discoveries this year and a lot of, and it was going back to films that are just new to me, stuff that ha I had not seen in a long time, you know, things that you guys had talked about on the show years ago, like Night of the Hunter, yeah. which was just amazing, you know, just, you know, getting around to those. Um yeah, so it was it was you know it's spotty because there there I do have those like late Saturday night like crummy like B sci-fi movie things that I like to to yeah. dig into that are you know you know threaded all throughout but you know the Criterion you know I've got a lot of stuff that I you know wove throughout the year on that a lot of discoveries but I think some of the surprises for me. Um, a, a separation was a movie that just like devastated me. Oh, it was right. one, again, one that I just heard about and it was like, okay. And for some reason, I don't know, maybe just 2020 is the year that I felt more comfortable, like getting into like personal trauma or something with characters. Cause normally that's not something that would appeal to me. I'm like, Oh, it's just this, you know, family drama, whatever. But I don't, I just, was more open to those types of, of movies this year when done really, really well. And so that things like that, that I was would normally just keep kicking the can, like I'll get to it one day. I was more open to watching those things and, and really rewarded by those. And, uh, you know, speaking of like devastating films, I was finally able to complete just near the end of the year. I'd always wanted since 2016, I'd been wanting to do this double feature of, uh, the two stories about the uh, Florida news reporter that committed suicide on air. There's Christine and then Kate plays Christine, which is yeah. the story of an actress preparing to play her. And it is a really nice double feature, two different perspectives on it. One is a, a narrative of trying to tell this, this woman's story. And second of just really looking at 
what is our cultural fascination with this story and what what does an actor have to do to put themselves in that mental space um so something where i was sort of like checked off my list of something I'd, I'd wanted to do. It was a brutal two days, you know, I had to take them one, one day at a time. Uh, but it was one of those things like, yes, got that off my list. One of those accomplishments that, uh, you know, wanted to get around to in 2020 felt like the right year to take on some of those things. My most watched director of 2020 was Ari Aster. Aster. Uh, because I now remember <sighs> that the first couple of weeks yeah. <laughs> in in uh, 2020, I went and I watched and ranked all of the shorts after I watched Hereditary and, yeah. and whatever that I liked so much. And talk about a spread. There is, uh, there is a person who creates things that go from quite literally zero stars to five stars and a heart. Like that is, it is all over yeah. the place. Um, with how Aster's stuff hits me, uh, but there are a couple of five star heart shorts in that in that catalog that are that are really really terrific, and some that are so bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can imagine. Uh, yeah. yeah, interesting. <laughs> All right, should we do? Speaking of ranking, oh, should we do trailers? Do we you want to do trailers? We should do some trailers. We should do some trailers. First, yeah. Let's do the trailers. Yeah, we're only like an hour into the show. It's probably should get time get around. It's a new year. It's a new year. <laughs> it's a new year. It is. All right. Exactly. Uh, Steve, you're up first. Oh, I'm up. I'm first. We don't have any A24. We have no red band. We haven't had any of those rules in quite a long time. So uh, I'm going, and it's, you know, with trailers, it's always interesting to see when things show up. And this is uh, a film that I guess in a, Prior to 2020 would be something that I would expect to be a big theatrical release because you've got uh, three Academy Award winners in here. You've got Denzel Washington, Remy Malek and Jared Leto in a film from John Lee Hancock called The Little Things, which is sort of a police psychological thriller. It doesn't reveal too much in the trailer, which I appreciate, but it does seem to hint that there may be some, I don't know, some twists, some bends to this story. That's what really intrigued me in this. Uh, You know, as a filmmaker, John Lee Hancock has done some really, uh, you know, he's written some films that I've really enjoyed, directed some films that I I really enjoyed. So I'm, and looking at this cast, I thought there's got to be something in the story that really drew these people uh, to it. But we've got Denzel as a, you know, police officer who's in, investigating, you know, a serial killer, it looks like. But there's something, you know, as as with Denzel, it's, you know, a character with something tragic in his past. There's something in his past that he's dealing with that's preventing him from, you know, being promoted within the force. He's been working there for you know, decades and is stuck in this position because he's, he's not a team player, I guess. And then we've got, you know, Jared Leto as the suspect possibly uh, and Rami Rami Malik as you know one of the other you know detectives you know on this this crime scene so i i'm hoping to have a really compelling thriller uh and enjoying you know the performances and what all the hear these actors bring to it but this is a genre that i often struggle with of it's well trod turf so what can we do to make it new and in making it new sometimes we have to do the oh the character you thought was the good guy was really the bad guy and is it going to fall into that trope or is it going to play it straight that's sort of my interest in this is to see how it either plays plays it straight in the genre or if it's seeking to do anything different with the genre and so that's the little things coming to hbo max on january 29th it really felt like they were going down the road of 
um, you know, this this cop, this detective is really the one who's behind it all. Like it, it felt like they were like driving that, you know, that twist forward to the forefront of the trailer very much. And so I hope that it still is a surprising story. And I hope that's basically not it and that they pretty much spelled it out in the trailer because um, it looks like it could be interesting. I visually I, I was yeah. I, I think it's compelling. It's characters char- that I, I think they're they're interesting to me in these kinds of, you know, crime dramas. I, I like these stories a lot. Like if it fits in the sort oh, yeah. of Hannibal Zodiac seven kind of universe, then I'm I'm probably going to be OK with it. <laughs> it's really good. What I'm most interested <laughs> yeah. in is Denzel, like what he does. So he's committed to bringing uh, August Wilson's um what is it? The uh, Pittsburgh cycle. Um, all of his, uh, all of those movies or all, all of those plays to screen, right? He did fences and okay. um, just did. Um, what's the, the uh, one with Chadwick Boseman? Uh, the sex oh yeah. Ma, Ma Rainey's Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Yeah. Right. And, oh, and so that's right. one. And right. so he's like, he's decided that that's the work of his life is just to bring all of these plays to screen uh, as a producer. And so then mm. what he does for his day job is movies like this. I, I think that <laughs> is an interesting story to be told about yes. a guy who clearly contains multitudes. That is, um, I, I think it's, I think it's beautiful. And so I, you know, I, I am a, I'm just, I'm a Denzel fan. So I'm, of course I'm, I'll see it. And, yeah. and, uh, Remy Malik with normal teeth is going to be great. Uh, and uh, normal so, for Remy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. it's, uh, yeah, no, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. It may end up being a, a film board episode. We shall see. Yeah. I'm very yeah. curious about this one. So. Yeah, one of the key pieces of information that I that I don't see on uh, IMDb right now is the runtime because this looks like with with these characters this is something I want to spend some time with if this comes in at like an hour 45 or something like that I'm going to be really disappointed because this feels like you need you know it's 2 hours yeah, it's or slightly be. over 2 hours yeah something like that to just really get into it cuz I feel like that's what a story like this merits cuz if we cut it under you know under two hours it's going to be it's going to feel like we've seen this it's been done before it's going to be just really cliche so that's the one thing i'm hoping for is spending a good chunk of time with these characters i didn't know that this is interesting to me i was just looking on the wikipedia page john lee hancock wrote this script in the 90s and uh, he wrote it for steven spielberg in 93 for spielberg to direct spielberg ended up passing because it was too dark (laughs) <laughs> then Clint Eastwood and Danny DeVito. Nobody. Yeah. Well, he, but he did Schindler's <laughs> List the same year. Yeah, so that's, that's true. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, but then Clint Eastwood, Danny DeVito were attached. And then finally Hancock decided to direct it himself. And so, um, but that's like from 93 to now, that's like a heck of a long uh, time for the script to be flown yeah. around. I hope that um, that doesn't bode poorly for it. I guess I, I yeah. still. I still want it to be good. Well, it, yeah. it doesn't. There are a number of those stories floating around. Like the 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 Queen's Gambit is one of those stories that uh, apparently right. was written in yeah. option thirty years ago, and they've just been trying and trying and trying to get it made, like nonstop trying to get it made, and it's great. But do you think that's because it was released as a miniseries instead of just a movie? Don't know. Yes, I like. Would it have worked as just I, a two-hour so. movie? No, it, I think it's too it much. It's more a lot challenging. Of story. 
Yeah, it's a yeah. lot of story, and it's super yeah. rewarding as yeah. a seven-parter. Like, yeah. and, but I think so that it was, makes me wonder yeah. if the little things would be like I, I, without having seen it. Like, yeah, yeah. I right. guess we, we need to wait. I, I find it. I find we're in perilous territory because when I see stories, to, to <laughs> Steve's <laughs> point, like when I see stories like like the little things, and I have that exact same feeling. God, I could spend some time with these characters now that I know there's right. an option to give me like a seven-parter. I kind of uh, want yeah. that. I prefer it. I love it. I oh, yeah. love that. I would experience. love to see this is this could be true detective yeah. season four or yep. whatever they're on and 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 do it well. But it, again, it's but I've also seen somewhere I, I feel like, okay, you're stretching this out to seven episodes and I feel like you're mm-hmm. padding this out a little bit with some of these things and you we can tighten it up. So it's it's finding that sweet spot of not shortchanging us on the world and the characters, but then not bloating it up right. so much where you're just like, got to fill, a, you know, fill 10 episodes. Speaking of movies, yeah. I'd like to see in 10 parts. <laughs> That's my trailer. <laughs> That's right. Who wouldn't? We did an Eddie Murphy series a couple years ago. And one of the films we talked about was coming to America. And so for my trailer pick, I felt I had to go with, and you have to say it this way, coming to America. Since it's basically the same title, it's just, now it's the number two right there, because this is, in fact, the sequel directed by Craig Brewer. And, of course, it is the story of uh, Prince Akeem coming back to America because he finds out that he has a son. And so so he and Arsenio Hall, playing Semi, his best friend and aide, come back to to track down his son who, um, yeah, see if he can uh, find him. And, uh, you know, it, it's a sequel. It looks like a sequel. It looks like everyone's doing their part again. The trailer really emphasizes that everybody is returning. You have Eddie, uh, or you have Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall, of course, both of them um, back and both playing a lot of characters, just like they did in the first one, which is, I, I liked that in the first film. I thought that was one of the, the elements that I enjoyed uh, quite a bit. Um, and you have um, James Earl Jones back as as his father who is dying and needs to know that there is an heir after Akeem. And then uh, just a ton of other people. Oh, and then I didn't mention that uh, Sherry Headley is back, of course, as as Lisa, his wife. Um, but Jermaine Fowler is in it as his son. Leslie Jones is in it. Tracy Morgan, Kiki Lane. It, uh, Wesley Snipes pops up as uh, General Izzy. Um, uh, it looks like it's a sequel. I don't know if it's something I'm going to enjoy, but I'm very curious about it. I'm curious uh, what they're going to do with this. Um, oh, Louis Anderson and Morgan Freeman are also <laughs> in it. So <laughs> there you go. I, I look at this thing and I'm thinking, I'm just so glad they can have a good time together. Because that's yeah. coming to America yeah. did not age well for me or for us. It yeah. was a one and a half star film. Yeah, it was a rough our, one. Our watch. And this trailer, it's just, it's full of a lot of these just faces saying, wah, he, ha, yeah, what? <laughs> the funny accent, funny accent. <laughs> Dance sequence. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, it is not a rich tapestry of I, um, I, I will say the bit with like the guy who's in the barber chair and is just like flies on the baby's face. And I was like, oh, <laughs> we went too far. <laughs> so there are some there are some lines. There are some lines. I hope. Yeah, I, I actually hope that the that the film can be redemptive of the of the first one. I know there are a lot of huge fans of coming to America, the coming 
to America. Um, but uh, I, I'm I my hopes are not high for coming to America. <laughs> but Pete, so, this could could end up being a member bonus episode, and it should just be. putting it out. I'm there. just saying <laughs> it should be. If anything should be, <laughs> so, this, that's what member bonus yeah. episodes are for. <laughs> So, what were you saying, Steve? Andy? Do we know? Do we know when this story takes place? Because this is the thing that that baffled me. Because Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall haven't aged a, a lot. I mean, they they it, it, this could be set like five years after. Uh, because if it's set, because the original one was 1988, yeah. so if this is 22 years later, those guys in the barbershop must be like a hundred years old. That, that's one thing that I was trying to figure out. Because we see a lot of these returning characters, and I just don't have a strong sense of of when. And I assume it's got to be just shortly after the first one because no because he, he has a son who's who is uh is he uh, a young man yeah oh okay. yeah jermaine fowler right. is playing I, his son is that is that who it is okay so because it's just the the I, I guess i can't i can't hold this film to reality i guess that's yeah the you thing should that, that would be a mistake <laughs> that, <Yes. yeah. laughs> okay that okay. would say you're also holding right. the first film <laughs> to reality. Yes, that's true. Yes, that's true. Okay. Hey, in 2021, you know, with the media landscape the way it is, do we get a coming to America cinematic universe? Because I could see any of these things spinning off into separate little standalone <laughs> side. The projects. King's Gambit is actually. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It would be great. Seven parts. Ooh, oh my gosh. Yeah. That. <laughs> Well, because of COVID, Amazon uh, did end up buying the distribution rights, and it goes live on Prime Video March 5th. So we'll March be able 5th. to chat okay. about it after that. All right. All right, Pete. So final my trailer, trailer is uh, The White Tiger, and uh, this was a movie that had not been on my list of things to see at all. I wasn't even thinking about it, and then Andy posted uh, his potential list of movies uh, for the film board coming up. So this is another one that yeah. could potentially end up being on our yeah. film board list. And I watched the trailer and now I am firmly in support of this movie being a film board, uh, uh film that we talk about. Uh, it is the, uh, story of a poor Indian driver who, you know, uses his, uh, wit and charm to, uh, work his way up, uh, in, um, to uh, become uh, kind of a mobster, I guess, mob mob lord, rich and famous uh, in India, and uh, it. I, I think he, in particular, uh, looks amazing. This is uh, Rajkumar Rao playing Ashok, who is uh, just a, a. He looks great on screen. He has that sort of young man's charm, but also mania uh, that that uh, I think will serve him well in his rise to the top. Um, it it looks uh, pleasantly, uh, satisfyingly violent, uh, and uh, lots of wonderful little twists. Priyanka <laughs> Chopra is in it uh, as the um, wife or fiance of the uh, of Ashok's rich. Uh, family that he serves. And um, this is, uh, I, I just was really captured by this trailer. I think it looks really, really great from director uh, Ramin Barani. What'd you guys think? Have you seen any of Ramin Barani's other films? I know like early in his career, he did Man Push Cart and Chop Shop, both of which were just like um, really 
hailed as fantastic, fantastic films by a lot of critics, a lot of awards and all that. And then I don't, I feel like he fell off the map. And I remember he did 99 Homes. I think that was a trailer pick a little. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was, which I liked ago. a lot. 99 Homes. Andrew Garfield yep. and Ma- Michael Shannon. And I just, I, I never ended up seeing that. And then he did that uh, Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit 451, uh, 451. Which was yeah, also which great I, with Michael with B. Michael Jordan. B. Shannon. So great. Or Michael I, B. Jordan and yeah. Michael Shannon. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so uh, he's a director. I um, I haven't, I don't think I've seen a single film of his, but he's yeah. one who's always been on my radar because everybody is always giving him such high praise. Well, and, and not everybody. I mean, the, the Fahrenheit 451, I think I was an outlier. It's a 4.9 on the IMDb scale, the six star scale. Oh, okay. It, it did not do well, but I think there were some uh, other, it's a tough property to, to do. Um, sure. Yeah. So anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. I, but but I've always been curious about him, especially because of those early two films mm-hmm. that he did. And so I'm really curious. I mean, I saw the trailer and I'm like, this looks really exciting. And it has an energy and the way that uh, Rajkumar Rao is playing this character. Just I, I was I, I love seeing his rise and potential fall. I, I like just over the course of the trailer. I thought that was really interesting. So I, I'm very excited. It's It's really intriguing to me. Yeah, I, you know, the trailer at first, I was like, oh, okay, this story looks interesting. And then it, when it gets to that point with where they set him up to take the fall yeah. for the auto accident and that, that, that pivot, that twist, I thought, okay, this is becoming an interesting story of the guy who's like, I, I'm an ambitious worker. I'm going to put myself in a, in a position of working for these wealthy people. And they're going to, then when they take advantage and he retaliates, I thought this Yes, this takes a, a darker twist to it, and I'm very curious to see the the arc of this character and in, in his rise to to power of his like little corporate empire that it seems like he has later in the film. From it looks like he's narrating from that point of view later mm-hmm. on, sort of his yeah. he's telling his story of his rise to power. So yeah, I'll be very interested to, to see this one. This one, yes, not on my radar, but very excited about it. Cool. When it, and when's it coming out on Netflix, Pete? Oh well, Andy. That's a great question. You're so smart. If I told you it was January 22nd, would that help? It would. It's January 22nd, Andy. January 22nd. Confirmed 22nd. from my other tab. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. Well, good. Those are our trailers. Um, should we rank some movies? Oh, it's been so Do long. Some re-ranking? Come on. I know. Under the cherry moon. It's been Under the cherry moon. Under the cherry moon. Under the cherry moon. Well, first up. Uh, sometimes you're like, well, okay, I remember we talked about that movie. There was, in our great Zhang Yimou series, we did end it with The Great Wall, and we have that versus Defending Your Life. Some Albert Brooks. Wait a minute, we talked about The Great Street Wall on Heaven. our show? I thought that was a film board. No, that was the end no, of our Zhang Yimou was... series. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Matt Damon and all the fancy wall dancing. Yeah. Fighting the <laughs> monsters. <laughs> Defoe? Um... Uh, okay. I, I think defending your life. I'll say defending your life as well. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I hate the great wall, but although defending your life just jumped 407 to 304. So obviously yeah. we had oh, <laughs> ranked those differently. Next up Chronicle or near dark. Catherine Bigelow's vampire movie. Uh, I would say Chronicle, but I'm, I could be swayed. Not oh, when I'm, I'm willing to say fight Chronicle. About. Okay. Near Dark, I just, um, I, I, you know, maybe if on a rewatch, I'll really appreciate that. I just didn't, it did, didn't work for me that all well. Right. Steve, have you seen uh, Near see, Dark? I was, oh, yeah. I saw that, like, way back when it first hit video, and it, ha- it has a 
favorite spot in, in our family of a, a really different take on the whole vampire thing. And I, yes, it is a flawed film. There, there are issues, but there's something that it, the ambition and what it's trying to do. And I, I really enjoy that. Oh, okay. But have you seen Chronicle? Oh yeah. No, that's a, this is a tough chat. This is a tough one to pick between the two because Chronicle is, that's that's the whole you know whatever like found footage type of you know found superhero footage teen story thing. superhero come on it's like Steve's yeah. right yeah yeah no that that one's a yeah. lot of fun too yeah. I mean this is it, it, this is not an easy pick for me on either of these because there's yeah, yeah but I, no, I, I yeah. can go either way and so Chronicle yeah I'm fine with that okay beating out near dark yeah next up weirdly we have a Ricardo Darin. Uh, double whammy here. We have The Secret in Their Eyes or Son of the Bride. Two really fantastic films. They're really fantastic films, but I I would be Secret in Their Eyes uh, pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Have you seen that, Steve? I have not seen any of his oh, films. You, you definitely need to put I, Secret in Their yeah. Eyes on your watch right. list. Uh, was that the one that they did an American oh, remake yeah, that was horrible? It was okay. so bad. Okay. It was so bad. Okay. Yeah. Watch Ricardo Darin's film. Okay. Uh, next up, Chinese Puzzle or Beverly Hills Cop. Speaking of Eddie Murphy. Oh, man. Um, I, I think Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, that's an easy one. I was I I, I found diminishing returns in the uh, in Cedric Klapich's trilogy. Uh, so Beverly Hills Cop for me. Uh, Steve, I'm assuming you haven't seen any of Cedric uh, Klapich's Spanish Apartment trilogy. No, I have not. Yeah. Uh, the first one, I think, is really good. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have Taxi Driver, Pete's favorite movie, or Misery. Misery. What Pete says when he watches Taxi Driver. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Nailed oh. it in one. Oh, Andy. <laughs> wow. you know so that was great. Wow. Um, I I will also say Misery, but I think it's just because I love that movie so much, um, even though I love Taxi Driver, too. But Steve? I, I just don't know that misery holds up on it's the thing with some of Rob Reiner's films. Like, yeah, it's at, at that time it was a really solid film. I don't know that it's something I'm going to watch. Whereas there's something more enduring and yeah, it's dark and miserable and taxi driver, but there's something classic about that. One, but he so. didn't jump out of the cocky duty car. <laughs> <laughs> well, misery held steady in spot sure. 90 on our chart. Next up, the Omega man or star Trek for the voyage home. What if the Star Trek team went back in time and they landed yes. in Charlton Heston's futuristic <laughs> The Omega Man world? Yes. Right there. That would be uh, an interesting story. Oh, my goodness. I guess somebody, go somebody's writing some Captain Kirk, Charlton Heston, Heston fan fiction right now on that idea. <laughs> They're shipping the yes. two of them, I guarantee it. Um, oh, so good. I, I'm... Uh, Star Trek. You say that with such disappointment, weirdly. I know. I know. I, you know, it's not disappointment. I'll tell you what's in the back of my head is that we, every time we say anything against the Omega Man, we get somebody (laughs) writes and is really irate, like really mad. That's true. That is That is a well loved film. Not by us. Uh, Yeah, it had, it really has its issues. (sighs) Steve, have you seen that one? I, I have not seen that one. That's one that, again, it's the, is that the one that, um, what was it? They, the, it's based on the, the short story yeah. that then they yes. re- with the Will yeah. Smith thing right. and all that. I am okay. legend. Cause I've seen the Will Smith. I've read, I've read the story. 
Um, I just have not. Yeah, yeah, Charlton Heston. Yeah. I, so all the fans can hate on me for not having seen it. I'm putting it on my list of yeah, things to watch. Yeah, but put it kind of low. So I'll take the heat. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, I'm trying to I'm trying to be a decoy here, and you just keep saying no, 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 over here, over here. <laughs> yeah. Trolls, I'm over here. I know. <laughs> he really does. It's terrible. Well, Star Trek IV: The Voyage Home held steady in spot 284. Uh, next yeah. up, we have Hitchcock's Notorious from our Ingrid Bergman series and About Time from our Time Travel series. Oh, oh. you said Notorious and I was like, Notorious. And then you said About Time, Andy. Oh. Yeah, but it's still Notorious, Pete. About Time is cute, but it's Notorious. It is. I mean, it's yeah. Notorious, but it hurts. Yes. No, it doesn't hurt. It's well, notorious. notorious held steady in spot thirty-eight. Yeah, yeah, that would have been quite a jump, I'm as sure. It, as it should, it's yeah. a fantastic yeah. film. That's fine. Next up, thoroughly modern Millie from our '60s musicals series, or the Bank Job from our Bank Heist series. Oh, Bank Job for me. Yeah. Have you seen either of those, Steve? I have not. Well, the Bank Job is a great See, heist it, film. Oh, yes. True story. I, great. I great know. Yeah, really interesting film. Wait, wait. Which is this the one from? 2008 yep, with jason statham uh, oh i may have seen that because i was thinking it was like a 70s heist thing. well it feels like a 70s heist film that's okay. one of their the film's I, great successes is they really um dig deep on the well, era it, it's weird i don't if i saw it i saw it when it first came out but i it's i've forgotten it and so that's one of the things with this mm. it's like it may be okay but ultimately it was forgettable yeah I, or it's a jason statham Movie that I'm confusing with another Jason Statham movie. I don't. Know. I don't know why, well, that but is I, that one I ran, I ranked it three and a half stars, which was what we gave it on the show, and I didn't give it a like, and I can't remember why because in my head I like it. I don't know why either. Yeah, that's peculiar to me. I'm gonna give it a like. I'm changing it up right now. There that's you it. go. All well, right. the bank you job held like steady in spot two seventy nine. Next up, the okay. long kiss good night. Some Shane mm. Black uh, or Howl's mm-hmm. Moving Castle from Hayao Miyazaki. Mm, Shane Black who did make that last Predator movie, <laughs> is about to lose to Howl's Moving Castle. Really? He's a uh, long kiss goodnight for me. I love that movie. I know. I haven't seen Howl's Moving Castle, but I know it's on my... It's, I can watch a, it on my HBO Max, I it's think. It's a good one. In the, yeah. So it's one of my goals for 2021 is, with my HBO Max, getting into the... Or of Miyazaki. Studio. Yeah. yeah, the Miyazaki. This is yes. one where Andy's... So, rating of it uh skewed our shared rating i gave it two and a half stars i I, long kiss goodnight i did not like that movie as much uh as he did for sure um i don't know so so i guess so much we have to rock paper scissors no i I, we are you do but i will i will say i i'm you know long kiss goodnight is another sarmento family favorite of gina davis and just so much fun with that yeah there's some i think there's some third act issues and all that but i know it's just for a long time after seeing that we would just you know take a cue from samuel jackson and just be like taking my keys putting them up on the shelf so i don't forget <laughs> singing songs so you don't forget stuff that's right that's yes. right all right pete well let's do all it right. you ready mm-hmm. one two three scissors scissors rock yeah long kiss good night takes it there here we go and held steady in spot two seconds. All right. Well, that's okay. Okay. There you go. Next up, we have Drive or Transamerica 
Very different films. Ugh, so different. It's Drive for me. I really like both of yeah, them. Yeah, me too. Uh, I will say Drive also. Have you seen both of those, Steve? I have, I have not seen Transamerica. Oh, it's really good. It's got a criminal in the lead yeah. role, but she's great. <laughs> <laughs> criminal and a cheat. She was not a criminal at the time, <laughs> but she is. You know what, Steve? She wasn't a criminal okay. yet. Uh, just yeah, like, as go. far as okay, we so know, th- she hasn't been caught. Okay, so so Transamerica starring Felicity Huffman, who is not, who a, is cri- not a criminal, criminal at the, at the time. time. <laughs> <laughs> they are. It's a really hard one because both of them for me were uh, four star with a heart movies in my they're great, rating, yeah. so they're great movies they're great movies but i'm gonna I'm but gonna drive held steady in spot drive, 40 yeah. no change there okay next up the bank job makes a return appearance or the russia house from our uh member bonus uh filling in for a jean le carré spot that we did in memoriam of sean connery at the time and then sadly also of le carré very shortly afterward uh, i will still say the bank job though that's another one. Rush House is also three and a half stars and a heart for me. So that those are the yeah. same. I will also say the bank job. That went from two seventy nine to two forty. A little bit of a jump. And that that was the tenth rerun. Okay, hey, if not you bad. Want to stop there. Well, there it is. Yeah. Oh, a little fun yeah, little round some, of re-ranking. Sadly, uh, under the cherry moon did not come up. Nor two thousand one. All right, gents, uh, let's get to these lists. Um, we put some options out there. We're closing out our Underworld series uh, as we just released the final uh, episode covering that on December 31st, Underworld Blood Wars. And so the option picked was Missing Spouses. Steve, you get to kick us off. Yeah, and this was a challenging list for me. It was a challenging list, period, yeah. Yeah, because then if I throw in the things you haven't talked about on the show, I'm like, well, that kills a bunch of options. So I'm doing the Sarmento rule, and I'm going to go with, (laughs) you know, I'm okay with stuff that you guys have talked about on the show. So I'm going to start with one that I don't think you guys have talked about on the show. um, And it's one that, so if I'm going 3-2-1, which I normally do. So I'm going to start my list off with one that... I think I, you know, checked out at Blockbuster because it was one of these things like, well, I recognize these people. This looks interesting. It's got some good, you know, blurbs on it. And it being sort of a a fun movie at the time, again, not an enduring classic by any means. But I think um, when you've got Kurt Russell trying to, you know, find his kidnapped wife in Breakdown, uh, that's for me a good place to start your missing spouse list. And I, I struggle with, well, is she he sort of knows where she is, but you know, she's not with him. So technically that counts as missing because she's not present with him. And I guess he doesn't know exactly where she is, but he, he sort of knows it's not like, Oh, I have no idea where she is. So that's why I put it at the bottom of my list. Also of missing spouses. That's breakdown and the steal. Hey, Oh yeah, that's uh, I, I really enjoy that movie. It's a really fun movie. And uh, I thought it fit the bill pretty well, even though you were struggling with it. But I was like, yeah, she's she's pretty much missing. And he has to figure out what the heck happened to her. I really enjoy that movie. Right. Um, so. Uh, so, yeah. Nice. Good job stealing that one from nice me. Nice job. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to start off with um, one that is a story of a missing spouse. The um, I, I have to go with this particular story, and what I thought was pretty interesting, and I was I was debating trying to figure out a way to make this work across the board with my list, but I was also struggling with finding the right films to do so with 
But I'm going to go with uh, Castaway, featuring, of course, Tom Hanks, because where would a list be without me throwing uh, Tom Hanks' uh, movie on there? Uh, <laughs> Castaway is the story of the missing spouse, as he is stuck, uh, his plane crashes, and uh, he is stuck on an island for a long time until he finally makes it off. And uh, and so he is the missing spouse and has to make it back to uh, his lovely wife at the end. And so that's uh, my first pick, Castaway. A good one. For me, I am going to pick one that has been picked before, but it has only been picked once, and it was picked this time last year. Uh, and <laughs> it, if if you'll recall that if I am like Sting, I am tantric. If I am like Snickers, I'm guaranteed to satisfy. Then, like Harrison Ford, I'm getting frantic. Uh, and uh, I I feel like there is a hidden series to be made from Harrison Ford losing his spouses. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a double steal. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. I cannot believe, actually, I knew that was going to be a double steal. I can't believe you guys let me get that far. Since I was going <laughs> I, third, I picked that movie and I thought, oh, there's no way I'm going to get to it. Nice. Frantic. Yeah, that's that's a, uh, an interesting Roman Polanski that I feel like I yeah. should rewatch at some point because I remember thinking it was interesting, but I... Um, I just, I, I've never gone back to it. I saw it when it was in the theater um, and I just have never returned to it. Yes. That was what I saw it in the theater. And I remember that movie just for me captured that there was something that plants can do that captured that whole sense of like jet lag and being sort of like you're, you're there, you're coherent, but things are sort of like hazy and off a little bit. And it seemed to capture that really well. And that's the one thing that I remember taking away from that film is just capturing that sense of of disorientation from from jet lag really well and then throwing that on the fact of you're in a foreign country trying to find your missing wife yeah right right really compelling yeah cool all right steve number two for you number two all right maybe i'm stretching the spouses thing on this one a little bit because they're not married but to me it's a very committed relationship at the core of the story because when your your girlfriend goes goes missing um you've got to be really committed to this person when you're willing to, you know, basically find the person that abducted her and say, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go through exactly everything that you put her through so I can find out uh, what happened and, and get to her in the vanishing, the original Dutch the original version, better the, version. Yes. The original, much better right. version of that. Nice. So that was a backup I had. Yeah. Cause uh, I was like, well, they're just boyfriend, girlfriend. So right. I'm like, if I yes. have to go to that one, I will. And you know, it, at this point, I hope yeah. that there are no more steals <laughs> because I won't, uh, I don't, now I have no backup. <laughs> so I guess we'll, we'll see where we end up with all of this. Um, all right. For my number two, I am going to, um, this is a film that I need to re-watch. I remember finding it really interesting. Vangelis does the music, which I've always enjoyed the music of. Um, it is the... And we talked about Costa Gavras um, earlier, or, or in 2020, when we talked about Z in our uh, best... Uh, our foreign language films nominated for Best Picture. This is his 1982 film, Missing, which is a very interesting uh, film about a uh, an American down in Chile who uh, he's a journalist and he gets taken by the coup and um, his father 
and his his wife are both down there searching for him, trying to find them. Uh, his father is played by Jack Lemmon. His wife is played by Sissy Spacek. And I say it as if it's his story, but it's really their story as they are trying to figure out what happened and unco- uncover everything. And uh, it's I found it to be a really fascinating, uh, kind of horrifying film about how sometimes, you know, these these different uh governments that are run this way can disappear people so well and um pretty frightening story i found to be uh interesting and definitely another one worth revisiting it's the 1982 film missing yeah that's a good pick that's a solid pick yeah it's it's been a while for me but i remember being affected yeah by it. um i uh for me i'm gonna go back even further to uh 1946 it's a good year i, I actually don't know yeah. I, I, I it's been so long since i've seen this movie that i don't actually know if if they were married <laughs> 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 i know there was a there was a spouse involved and the spouse is gone uh it is a 1946 film um uh, howard hawks the big sleep uh, and it's another one of those where it's the the process is more entertaining than the resolution. But in the in the end, there is a spouse that runs off with another guy, and there's cheating involved, and they're missing, and that's why we have to call Philip Marlowe, uh, played by the uh, great 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 Bogart, and um, uh, to come in and uh, and save the day. Uh, so Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Bacall, Martha Vickers, Dorothy Malone. The Big Sleep. Nice. You know, nice. the plot is so yeah. convoluted in that one that I think it's yeah. it's uh, it's okay. <laughs> We're not sure if it's a spouse <laughs> or not, because maybe we wouldn't have been anyway, I know. even if we just watched it it's, yesterday. It, it, is, it is just so satisfying to watch, just to, sometimes to watch them wash over you, you know? Yeah. All right, Steve. Last pick. Last pick. I'm going with one that you guys recently talked about on the show. So I don't know if this one's going to be a steal unless somebody's, you know, using the rule. But uh, sec- after Frantic, the first thing that came to my mind is David Fincher's Gone Girl mm. when it comes to missing spouses. Again, she is, she's made herself missing. So I guess that, you know, I missing. What does missing mean? Because she's not really lost. But According to her husband, absent. she is. And I yeah. think that's, that's she's completely she, fair. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, one that, uh, yeah, you know, one of the. Just one where I read the book, you know, watched the film and enjoyed both of them completely yeah. for, for what they do. So that's my final pick. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's a good one. I did not uh, go there, but uh, but could have. But it's it is a really interesting um, one to add on to the list uh, for my final pick. You know, I've used this twice. <laughs> As, as you know, you know, you, <laughs> yeah, I know. it's 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 tough. Know. It, yeah. You know, this list was hard. I thought it would be a lot easier yeah. to do, yeah. um, but really, it isn't. I used this particular movie um, earlier in, or in 2020 when um, on a cinematic floods list, and then again in 2018 on a list for environmental disasters. Wow. Back okay. to missing spouses. This is the impossible. The story of the uh, the uh, flood in uh um uh wherever it was over in the indian ocean the bit when the tsunami hit and uh they're on their christmas holiday over in in thailand oh, yeah. and um I, I just found that film to be incredibly affecting 
incredible performances. I really just liked everything about it. Really strong. And the husband and wife get separated and they are both trying to find each other. They each end up with one of their children and uh, are trying to kind of, you know, find the rest. And so it's kind of two missing spouses. They're each missing and we're following both of their stories. So. Uh, that's my final pick, The Impossible. Uh, that's All a good right. pick. I actually, that was high on my backup list. I'm so glad you guys didn't land on my third because I had no steals and I didn't have to go into any sort of uh, backup territory. Uh, the film I'm going to pick is one that, it's interesting. I, you know, it used to be when I'd get new sound equipment, I would always go to something like The Fifth Element and to, to you know, to test okay. speakers. Yeah. And I realized that after 2018, I have a new movie that I go to to test out sound stuff. Uh, it is a movie where the spouse technically isn't missing, but has been <laughs> for three years. And uh, and so we have to, you know, figure out what to do. Where did he come from? Why can't he remember what was going on and what's going on in that lighthouse? And we should send a crack team to go figure that out because... He's sick and in the ICU now, and so we got to go to the lighthouse and whatever's in there, it faces annihilation. <laughs> I, for some reason, I thought Steve would have okay. that on his list. I did, too. I, I don't think... <laughs> I, you know, I love that movie, but I guess I didn't think of it as a missing spouse movie because, yeah, but yeah, he was missing and that's... Yep. Yeah. Because who? Because what comes back is maybe not necessarily right. him. Yeah, I right, right. Okay. I uh, yeah. it, that is it, it. It really surprises me that one, it wasn't on Steve's list, and two, it has never yeah. been picked uh, for wow. us on this show. The last time yeah. it was mentioned, JJ and I talked about the release of Annihilation when it came out. Um, wow, really? And uh, we've yeah. we've never huh. picked oh. it. So it fits well. There so. we go. We are kicking off for 2021. We're starting with a Russian, or I should say Soviet, science fiction series that uh, definitely starts off with an interesting one. It's called Dead Mountaineers Hotel from 1979, directed by Grigory Kromanov. And um, what should we talk about for, or what should we put out as our list options? Um, Obviously, mountain hotels. Got got to be mountain hotels or or, uh, (laughs) movies inspired by The Shining. (laughs) <laughs> or, or that, yeah, inspired by, even though it predates. It predates, right? I guess that's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I love mountain hotels. Um, there's definitely, there's a murder mystery in there that our detective is trying to figure out. There's an avalanche, great, several avalanches. Great avalanche movies. Oh. Yeah. Aliens, okay. aliens yeah. that are hidden disguised as people. That's a, that's a, a body snatchers yeah, a... theme. It's kind of, but it's not really because they that, weren't. Those bodies uh, were yeah. created in Dead Mountain Hotel, right? I mean, or did, yeah. were they taken? And, and over? they have, they have, uh, like androids yeah, also robots. that look like people. Yeah, like yeah. Okay, we could uh, robot or alien people though. We could do robots too. Uh, other yeah. beings. How about other beings yeah. disguised yeah. as people? Yeah, like that. Would that work? Yeah, sure. Yeah, and, okay. And, uh, great ski movies. Because <laughs> this one movies. isn't. <laughs> There's no skiing, but we do have the, um, what were they doing? They were flying in a hang yeah. glider. They're para, like para-skiing. Um, with skis on, yeah. yeah. And then it's like they would drop on the mountain. I was, I was curious but about what I, was going to happen. I think that there. it counts because the way the aliens interact with and like navigate snow, they just sort of glide across it. And I think that's, that's sort of skiing. I thought they were skiing were they not on skis like oh, i don't but, know i like, feel like they were in a glorified like, like snow segue 
They were skiing I thought they up. Were skiing yeah. up the mountain. But I didn't see them yeah. with skis on. I thought they were just kind of floating. I couldn't tell because it's like the <laughs> the robots were holding the people, so I couldn't quite tell what was happening. Uh, Steve so is like, confusing. "What on earth are you I talking?" Know. About? <laughs> I'm just adding this to my list of crazy things to watch. Uh, other be- okay, so what were the other beings disguised as people or as humans? Mountain hotels. We liked that one, right? Yeah, I think it's going to be a challenge, but yeah, mountain hotels. Mountain hotels. Yeah, I like it. I like it too. And uh, what do we want to do? What do we decide on a third one? What are we doing with our number three? Well, it, there was um, avalanches, movie yeah, avalanches. Yeah, I guess I could, I could get yeah. behind some movie avalanches. Yeah, and my question is: Are there enough? But uh, you know, the we can certainly put it on. The there. journey is is yeah. is the destination, Andy. You know, that's what people are going to pick. Of course, so they just are. say it. Yeah. Yes, before I'm not here next week, so. Uh, <laughs> Who's Nobody's on next, on next week? week yet. I Give haven't you... built the schedule. I okay. can almost guarantee it will be none of us. <laughs> <laughs> Movie avalanches, other beings disguised as humans in mountain hotels. All right. Beautiful. There we go. That's the list. All right. We're going to get that posted in our show talk channel over in Discord. If you want to vote in next week's list challenge, you just head over to the show talk channel and uh, you can lend your voice to the chaos that is list picking and movie sabotage each week. How do you get to the show talk channel, you ask? All you have to do is go to thenextreel.com slash membership and become a supporter of the Next Real family of podcasts. For just a dollar a month, you can become a one reeler and you can join our online community in our Discord server. For a few dollars more per month, you can become a two reeler supporter and you can join us in live streams of the shows as we record them. We have early access to our shows in your very own personal podcast feed and then even some super secret member channels in Discord. And you get these member bonuses, all sorts of great stuff. And don't forget, uh, if you uh, haven't seen it yet, we've talked a lot about Letterboxd. If you'd like to get in on that particular game, the kind folks at Letterboxd are offering uh, generous discounts uh, to those of you who want to sign up or even renew. If you're an existing Letterboxd user and your renewal is coming up, you can get this deal, too. Just head over to thenextreel.com slash Letterboxd, and um, you can sign up, get a discount on either the patron or the the, the pro pro or patron uh, member it's uh, 20% off and uh, it, it's a really great way to catalog movies catalog reviews and see what other film fans are doing thanks everybody for joining us and checking us out we appreciate it and uh, thank you uh, gents it was a pleasure talking with you this fine start of 2021 happy new year Andy happy new year. happy new year bye everybody Hondo. I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. 
If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January. Or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.